Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and my guest today is Erin Fultz, who will share with us why we must market with the end in mind. She says you have to know what kind of business you're building before you decide how to market it. And did you know why most marketing is a waste of money? Are you using a narrative story to position your company as a solution to a problem? Are you honoring the national the natural stages of a relationship in your marketing? Now, Erin is a strategist, coach, implementer, and the founder of Acorn Studio, which is a business coaching and marketing consultancy. Sorry, I'm a little bit rough. I have to mute and cough every once in a while. And she passionately believes that healthy, sustainable small businesses can change the world, and she helps owners implement simple frameworks that maximize revenue and productivity. That's so important. So they can confidently grow the business they love. Erin, we've had to postpone because we had Hurricane Ida visiting our shores here, and I'm so glad that you're here. Like I was telling you in the green room, I woke up this morning with, she's going to be here, right? She's going to be I hate it when things like this happen, so welcome. <laughs> Thank I'm you, Denise. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. So glad uh, to be here. I woke up this morning and went, oh, it's going to happen. No, 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 no. So you're here, and I'm so excited. The hazards so, of hurricane season when you live on, um, live on the coast. Telling you. And, you know, people say, well, you know, why don't you move? Where am I going to go? Mother Earth is everywhere. <laughs> we can't avoid her. So That's, that's the truth. I'm telling you. So tell people a bit about you. You've got a fascinating story. And then I've got about five or six questions, mostly about why marketing is a waste of money. And I think I understand why. Look, I'm I'm a digital strategist. I'm a strategy consultant. So much of what is termed marketing these days is I, I raise my eyebrows real high when I see some of it or hear what people are doing, I'm telling you, I'll never need a facelift because my eyebrows sometimes go straight up to my hairline. I look surprised like I had a really <laughs> So anyway, tell people about you. Sure, 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 sure. So I, uh, I am um, a marketing consultant. I work mostly with small service-based businesses, helping them just develop a very clear marketing message, how they talk about what they do uh, in their marketing in such a way that it engages their customers and invites them into a relationship with them, which then, uh, if all goes well, results in them doing business with them. Um, My background, Denise, is in, uh, I had a photography studio for um, a little over 10 years, and I really learned Uh, all that I'm doing now with marketing kind of burst out of that business and having to to figure out like so many, uh, especially service-based businesses that start because the owner has a skill set that they want to bring to the marketplace. And you go, hey, I want to start a business, and they get in and realize really quickly that that skill set that they're bringing to the marketplace is just a really small piece of a much larger puzzle when it comes to how do you actually grow and run. Um, a successful and sustainable business. And so uh, those were, I was in in that scenario um, in 2008 when I started that business and, and fortunately realized pretty quickly that I actually loved business um, just as much as I did ph- photography and photography really just became the tool for me to be in business. So that's a bit of my background and uh, along the way ended up working with a number of businesses um, in the context of my photography and and kind of visual, I was doing design and some other things as well, work um, that led me to what I'm doing today, um, helping helping businesses with their marketing message and with their marketing strategy so they can really reach the right customers and um, grow in, in a sustainable way. And see, that is so so important that it is sustainable and that it is, 
I'm not going to say personal. We should never be personal on social media or marketing, but personable. People have to know you like you and trust you. And honestly, Erin, it wasn't all that long ago when it was simply a numbers game. Are you finding that a lot of people are still kind of in that mindset? Yeah, but I need to sell a million widgets next week. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, I, I think that more often what I see, especially with the businesses that I'm working with, is that they're in one of one of usually about two places. They either are trying to handle all of their marketing in house, and um, they're just going behind. Like they have, they're a small team of people. Um, they don't have somebody who's only wearing the marketing hat, and so marketing really becomes sort of this afterthought. And then they get in panic mode when um, you know, they realize, oh, we we need cash flow and we've not done anything to kind of prime a pipeline of leads to get us, um, you know, get customers in the door here in the, the upcoming weeks. And so um, the lack of plan and sort of the shotgun or spaghetti at a wall marketing approach is where they find themselves and they're going, this is not working. I can't sustain this. Word of mouth is fantastic and word of mouth can be limiting. And so if you don't have the the process marketing system plan in place that you're working, uh, you're going to find yourself there. And then I also work with, with clients that they may have somebody that is a marketing director or somebody's kind of heading up marketing, but they just go, we still are a small lean team and don't have all of the skill set kind of covered in terms of, especially if they're trying to develop a marketing message, you're so close to what you offer when you're in the middle of it every day. Um, there's a lot of blind, blind spots when it comes to uh, communicating clearly because what is so you know, everyday normal to you um, because you're, that's the business you're in and you're handling it every day. Your customers are going, I have no idea what they're talking about because it feels like <laughs> inside language, language. Um, and it's um, confusing. Yep. So, yeah. It so is. That, that, that is the people that I often work with and what I see mostly in the, in the service businesses that I, that I serve. And I'm following along because I see the same things and with new clients that I might be taking on, they'll say, and I bet you see this too. They'll say, oh, well, you know, just our office staff is handling social media and I'll go look at it. And they've got three or four <laughs> diff very different voices, very different ways of approaching their social media. It's messy. It's not cohesive. And mostly it's just messy. You'll have one guy that's using, I don't know, text speak. You'll have another guy that's, you know, talking like he's, I don't know, rocket science? <laughs> scientist, <laughs> I'm like, hang on a second. You need one cohesive voice, just one. That's all you need. Because people can tell when, you, when you're just slamming eggs at the wall. They can tell. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think what you're describing actually points to is a symptom of a deeper problem that a lot of businesses face when it comes to their marketing. It's that either their marketing is kind of an afterthought or – whatever the, the marketing tactics, so they're on social media in this example, um, it doesn't fit within a larger um, strategy. It doesn't fit within the context of a larger plan where they understand how the social media fit within the, the larger marketing context of all the things we're doing. Um, that's one. And then the other thing that I see is they don't take the time to develop a really clear brand message that's being used consistently by everybody on the team, whether it's somebody that's creating external marketing um, collateral like social media content or whether it's somebody who's maybe a salesperson that they're, they're the ones who are talking to clients and leads on the phone and, um, you know, the potential leads or clients or customers see one message online, like you're describing, on social, and then they go to their website, and that feels like a totally different message, and then they get on the mm -hmm. phone, and like it, there's this incongruence that really um, is working against you if, if that's what you're doing with your marketing, because it's so easy to just jump in and go, we need to do social. And that people start going, all right, so who's going to handle that? Somebody on the team get in. You just need to start posting on social media and never take the time to go, no, wait a minute. What is the strategy here? What is our message? What are the words that we are going to use consistently so we can, you know, kind of build that snowball effect of every interaction that somebody has with your brand um, 
builds on top of each other in a really consistent way um, so that customers really, really understand clearly what it is you offer and how you can make their life better if they choose to do business with you. Um, if, if we don't take the time to do that foundational work in marketing and, and all kinds of areas of business, but this conversation is marketing, we, we really are creating more work for ourselves and working against ourselves if we don't set that foundation first. No kidding. Have you had this happen in, in your consultancy? You have to go back and clean up what a small company did or, you know, they just, they did it or somebody on their team did it or a former manager did it, office manager, whoever, and all of a sudden you look at it and go, holy jeez, we've got to get rid of a lot of this stuff. Do you see that quite a bit? Yeah, I do. I see it um, most of the time when I'm working with folks is we are we are starting with developing a clear brand message and going, what does that need to be? And then mm-hmm. going back and, and looking at all the pieces. So looking at their website and going, okay, well, that needs to be adjusted and changed. These things can go away. This needs to change now so it's consistent. And then even looking internally, like what are your proposals looking like? If it's a, you know, a, do a decent amount of work with service companies that they're sending out proposals to potential clients and customers. And so we, we go in and go, okay, well, let's look at your proposal template and let's look at your, um, you know, sales letters and let's look at all of these pieces, um, pieces of the puzzle that work together to engage and nurture customers into a sale and let's make sure they're all consistent. So absolutely, there's a lot of, you know, starting with the, the main things, the forward-facing website and those kinds of things, but then going even internally looking at, collateral that they have and are using and going, okay, this all needs to, we all, we need to adjust this to make sure it's really consistent. Do you find, and that's excellent advice, by the way, a lot of people simply don't have collateral. They haven't, you know, they just kind of wing it. So I used this email before and I'll just copy and paste it and do it again. I can say that because I've done it. Not a good idea. <laughs> it's like, okay. So I needed, especially for my podcast, I needed to create collateral that I can change up. But you know what I found there? In the, every six months I have to revisit it because things have changed. And they change quickly. Sure, sure. So it's not, It's my point here is don't, you know, have your collateral. Keep looking at it. You know, you need that collateral. You must have documents set aside. You must have plans set aside. But they're not you know, written in stone, you have to keep updating them. Yeah, that's great advice, Denise. We really have to view all of our marketing and sales collateral as living documents or living, you know, things. You know, they are going to change. And, they, you know, as your business changes, as maybe the market changes, as you, you know, maybe if you're growing and go, okay, we're going to niche into a more specific market, well, you're all of your collateral needs to change to reflect um, those sorts of changes, whether they're large or small, um, so that there is consistency is key. And, um, you know, they, studies show it takes seven to eight times for somebody to see or hear a marketing message before they really hear it. And so if every message someone hears or sees on social or website or emails um, from a company um, if they've had seven interactions, but all seven are completely different and are not consistent and don't build on top of each other, then you've wasted those interactions. Because if they're not seven consistent, you know, pieces of communication, um, then you're you're losing out on capturing someone's attention for them to really um, see you, notice you, and understand um, how how you can help them. Exactly, which leads me back to why most marketing is a waste of money. Can you give us some examples about those seven different touch points? You don't have to go into a whole lot of detail, but just give us some examples if you could. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, your first statement, you know, why most marketing is a waste of money, it really does come down to what we're talking is a lack of clarity and a lack of consistency in our communication, in our marketing messages. And so that could look like, 
um, you somebody encounters your brand on social media, they, they see a post or something, and that post is addressing one problem um, that you solve. And so um, that's talking about one, one thing that you solve, and then they get to your website, and there's no mention of that problem that you solve. And now it looks like, oh, I, I, what they thought maybe you offered or did as a company, the service product that you sell, um, was one thing when they when they see you on social media and then they get to your website and it's like oh wait a minute is that really what they saw I'm not totally sure um, because your website is unclear and is not clearly communicating um, what you sell either and so with when every touch point feels like a new message and a a different thing um, then you're really losing out on. And people are confused. And, and when it comes down to it is once people are confused by a marketing message, if you confuse them, you lose them. Um, that's a classic uh, Donald Miller. If any of your listeners know Donald Miller and uh, the book Building a Story Brand, that's a classic Donald Miller quote. But it, it's true. If you confuse, you lose. And so that's the biggest problem I see in the clients that I'm working with in their marketing is at core, they just don't have a clear message. They think that they're clear in how they're communicating what they offer, but it's not. And when it's not and people show up on your website and they still don't really know what you're selling and they don't know how to get it because you've not told them um, and they don't know how to work with you because they don't know this, you've not told them the steps it takes to work with you, then they're, they're just going to go down the street to somebody else that can solve their problem and is really clear. You know, one of the things that I believe in the most, and I've told you this because I operate my podcast this way, I am a firm believer in the keep it simple, stupid camp of doing almost everything. <laughs> and isn't that how we should be marketing? We don't need to have highfalutin copywriters. I mean, copywriters are excellent. They've talked me into things that I didn't need. <laughs> Seriously, love them. Wish I could write like them, but it's really not where I should be because I need to communicate quickly and effectively. What do you think? Yeah, I think keep it simple. I'm a big proponent of that. Um, we all, every company needs some version of a sales funnel, and all that mm -hmm. all is is you need a really clear uh, message and keep talking about like, what is your brand message? What's the story that you're inviting people into as a company and as a brand? You need to be clear on what that is. And so you need a really clear message that is going to pique curiosity in the minds of your ideal customers. And um, you need to have a way to take them from piquing their curiosity with a, a really clear and compelling uh, story message that you're inviting them into. Then you need to be able to, um, provide value in exchange for capturing some kind of contact, content information or contact, I'm tripping over my words, contact information. So you can then capture, this is the classic, like you go to somebody's website, they have a PDF resource available for download in exchange for your email address. You capture that email address, and then you have a way to nurture those um, new leads into a sale. So you're taking them through the um, natural stages of a relationship. You're piquing curiosity. You're, you're doing that with a clear message and engaging the marketplace, whether it's through social or ads or how, however you're getting traffic to, say, your website. Then you need to be able to capture those leads on your website. It needs to be set up in such a way that it's um, designed to convert browsers into buyers, to convert people that are showing up, and so you can uh, capture some kind of information so you can continue to engage with them. You can continue to enlighten them, to um, help them learn about how uh, they can find out more. This is the classic, like, building the know, like, and trust factor by providing value. This um, the, One of the best and easiest ways to do this is through an email list. Um, and then from there, you have a mechanism to um, nurture those leads and to eventually lead them into a sale. So that, that is a sales funnel, um, is peaking curiosity, having a way to continue to enlighten those those people that are interested in what you offer and to lead them into a sale. And you need to have a mechanism by which a plan system by which you do that. And, and the, the tactics of it, like the, the, um, 
the really specifics about that can look different for different companies, depending on the product and service you're, you offer. But if you don't have a solution for those key things, peaking curiosity, capturing leads to then nurture them into a sale, there's a piece or multiple pieces, depending on what you have or don't have, missing in your marketing. And um, that is what's really key in any business is to be able to solve for those those critical pieces so you can um, build a pipeline of leads that are consistently coming into your business um, so you can you can have consistency in your growth and sustainability there and one thing and I've noticed this time and time again in fact I'm guilty of it I have been guilty of it if you're going to have a newsletter if you're going to invite people in you have to be consistent, and that's a word that you keep using, and I really appreciate that. Because one thing that bugs me no end, and I did it, it was a long time ago, but I'm guilty, is all of a sudden you have not really worked out what your strategy is for your newsletter, so you're not keeping up with it. You bombarded us with stuff for months, years, and then you disappear. And then this happened to me the other day, that's why it's top of mind. You know, I logged into my junk email which is where newsletters go and somebody that I hadn't heard of in literally years hey goddess how are you delete and unsubscribe (laughs) first of all don't call me a goddess I know what I am and I'm not that but don't pop up and act like nothing like you ignored me for years so if you don't have that strategy don't start it get the strategy in place that's right. That's right. And the strategy does not have to be complicated. Um, really, it's all about how can you create value and provide value for your prospects. And that's going to look what that looks like, whether it's educational, whether it's how-to, whether it's um, – if you're an e-commerce business and you're selling widgets, versus a service business, your email newsletter, um, which really nobody wants to get a newsletter, so you need to name it something else besides a new newsletter. Um, but, you know, content you send in that is going to look really, really different. So someone who's a service-based business um, may be providing education and pointing to uh, resources and um, things that add value and um, answer questions for your potential um potential customers, whereas somebody who is selling a product, um, it could be that you're sending, you know, it could be flash sales, it could be those sorts of things, because your business model is different. You're, you know, you're going after volume, typically, if you're selling, you know, products and widgets versus if your services, your your strategy is going to look a bit different. It's probably going to be less about, um, you know, coupons and discounts and flash sales and look what new inventory, you know, look what new product is in, you know, limited release kind of stuff. That's not going to be what you're, what you're doing. So you're going to need to do more on the education side. Um, how can you point to other resources? You could even be a curator of um of resources that your ideal customers um, would find value from that are relate to whatever the services that you offer. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can do it, but you're right. If you're going to do it, you have to be consistent. And consistent doesn't doesn't necessarily need to look like an email every day. It doesn't even have to look like an email every week necessarily, depending on your business. But at least twice a month is um, my recommendation for um, not going so long that people once a month they're like, oh, who is this again? I don't, you know, they, they forget about you like you just described. Um, or, you know, it's not so often that they feel like you're junking up their email inbox and, um, you know, they unsubscribe and don't want to hear from you. So uh, finding that sweet spot is going to look a little different for every every business, depending on what you're, you know, what you are selling. But uh, consistency is the key. In, in that kind, in that of, kind of any kind of marketing com- communication. Right. You have to have a plan, a strategy. So using a narrative story to position your company as a solution to a problem is kind of what we've been talking about, but it's also part of the branding. Can you expand on that a bit? I know where you're going with it, but a lot of people are like, okay, there's too many things going on here, branding, consistency. What's the story? Yeah. Why, do yeah. we, why do we need to talk about ourselves? So. Let's go. Rock it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so um, really using narrative story, it, this storytelling and marketing, like it feels like buzzwords we heard a lot in the last handful of years. But in reality, as humans, our brains are wired to respond to story. So this is nothing new. Uh, it's just new in how people are talking about it in the, in the context of marketing. And it feels like a trend, and it's not really a trend, because it's, uh, story has always compelled the human brain to action uh, for centuries and centuries, and it always will. And so um, it's a fantastic tool to use. Um, one of the kind of mistakes that people or uh, misconceptions people have is when they hear, okay, how do you story narrative story in your marketing? They often think, oh, that means that I need to tell the story of my company. Well, that's actually not true. Um, more often than not, your customers don't really care about your, your story. They care about their story. So right. when I'm talking about you, uh, and I go yeah, when I'm talking about when people come to me for a website, I'll say, and it's an open question. I'll say, well, who is your market? Oh, everybody. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I will have to explain to them that they don't care about you. They care about what you can do for them. That's it. That's all they're looking for. That Bingo, bingo. So when it comes to using story, really what that means is, okay, in the story, you, so you think of any movie you've ever watched or, um, you know, book that you've read uh, based in story, and you go, okay, there's a main character, that's your customer. They're the hero of the story. Um, so that customer, that character in the story, they are setting out to get something. They want something. And so this is where we need to, as brands, really communicate, okay, what do our customers want? Um, and it can be our product or service. If they're not um, problem aware where they, they see your product um, or service immediately as like, oh, I need um, a I need someone to mow my lawn. Well, somebody's pretty clear if they need somebody to mow their lawn. But in other, especially service-based businesses that are, are consulting or things like that, they may not be aware that they need your specific solution, but they know that there's, um, they, they want something. They want to grow a healthy business. They want to engage their team. They want a website that works. Um, you know, they want those things. And so you go, if you can define what it is your ideal, ideal target customer wants, and then say, um, clearly communicate what they want. They're the hero of the story. They want something. And then there's some problem getting in the way of them getting that thing. Um, so we see in, in movies and stories, the hero is always up against some bad guy or some scenario that's keeping them from getting, you know, uh, finding the love of their life or, um, you know, wh whatever the thing is that they want, there's some problem in the way. So we need to be able to define what that problem is that our customers are up against. Because when we can talk about the problem that they have, they see and go, oh, that company understands. They understand that I'm up against this problem and um, maybe they can help me and then from there we can position our companies get positioned as the guide to come help them along the way and so there's several steps um, I use what's called the story brand framework I mentioned earlier Donald Miller's book building a story brand and um, I'm a certified story brand guide and so that framework um, which is just a seven-part story framework is what I use when I'm working with clients to develop their clear brand marketing message um, part, that, that's not the whole thing, but those are the pieces that we need to be looking at when we're communicating in our marketing message so it is positioned in using narrative story is, you know, what do our customers want? What's the main character want? What's the problem they're up against? Name it, define it, help them see that we get the problem they're up against, and then position ourselves as a guide by showing empathy. Um, we get what they're up against to, you know, keep them from getting what they want, and then give them a plan to to get and reach the success um, that they're going after. Um, those are some of the elements that we can use in our marketing messages to develop a clear story um, and a clear message that really positions our customer as the hero and us as our companies just as the guide coming alongside them. Because when we make it all about them, that's when they're going to perk up and listen. When we make it all about us as a com you know, our companies, um, they're just going to move on because they're like, ah, they, you know, clearly they think they're awesome and, you know, whatever. But I'm actually looking for somebody to come alongside me and guide me through this, um, not somebody that's just going to kind of toot their own horn of how 
fantastic their company is, but not really get and understand the problem that I'm, I'm trying to solve as a customer. It sounds like a really bad date, doesn't it? Like a really <laughs> bad one <laughs> where you're asking, you've been there 10 minutes and you're asking the waiter for check, please. I got to go. So, right, right. I, I can yeah, see where the, that would happen. Yeah, the guy sitting across you just won't stop talking about themselves, and you're going, oh, fantastic. Are they ever going to ask me about me? <laughs> you know, we've all been in right. some version of that conversation, but brands do it all the time in their marketing. So are you seeing, Erin, that, you know, people are getting more out of their way, I guess, because it is difficult to talk about what we can do for you and we're so busy going you know but I've got this degree and I can do this and we can do this and we're just so stinking good at what we do it's hard to get out of that mindset isn't it yeah it is and it's not that we can't talk about those things we can we just need to do it in the right order and do it that's not what you lead with you always lead with how you can you know the problem that your customer has and, you know, position in such a way that I can help you get what you want and overcome that problem if you choose to work with me or buy my product or service, whatever it is. Um, so there is a place for that. We have to show competency if we have, you know, if we have uh, a degree or we have, you know, awards that you've won or whatever the things are that show that give you some sense of authority. Um, those are all great things. It's not that they're bad. You just need to make sure that you're um, that's not what you're leading with because that's not why your customer is going to buy. Those are the things that are going to help kind of push them over the edge when they are in the buying decision and going, I think that they can solve my problem. Those are the things that push them over to go, oh, and yeah, like they have, they have this, you know, these credentials or they've won these awards. It must be good. Like they have these fantastic testimonials from their previous customers. You know, those are the things that can help help push someone over the edge to buy, um, but it's not what's going to get them in the door initially. I agree with you. So that leads me to really what you're saying is how to honor the natural stages of a relationship in your marketing. Number one, create a relationship. So where do we start with that? Yeah, it's a great question. We always want to start with peaking curiosity. We just need people, you know, to perk up enough, and, and we've got to get seen in the sea of noise, right? Um, and so to do that, it's just making sure that you're positioning what you offer as a clear solution to a problem. Because when you're saying, hey, you know, most people, you know, uh, most people hate uh, wasting their weekends, you know, working on their yard. Okay. Well, there, there's a problem. You're going, Oh yeah, I don't like working in the yard either. And then, you know, in a company in this, in this example, you know, a lawn care company, they go, yeah, we get that most, like most people don't like wasting their weekends out in their yard. You know, we're going to come take care of, of your property so everything looks fantastic. You are still the, you know, great, best-looking house on the block, um, but you don't have to give up your, your precious free time on the weekends. You know, when they're positioning as a solution to a problem, it piques curiosity for someone. Now, they're not delving into every last detail of how they do business in that initial interaction, um, but they're just going, we can, you know, here, here's the problem that we solve. So the first step of any relationship is just peak curiosity enough that somebody goes, oh, I want to learn more. I'm interested. I think that they could maybe solve a problem, and then they move further into the relationship um, into the enlightenment phase, which is the, it is the learn more. It's learning how you do business. It's learning more about your product or service, the details of it. It's um, it's getting into a conversation. If maybe you're a service business or if you're a product-based business, it's, you know, them clicking in to read the description of the product, um, you know, to understand and learn more. And so if we can get somebody from curiosity to then the enlightenment learn more phase, then from there we can move them into the commitment phase, which is an ultimately the ultimate commitment, of course, is the, the buying, the exchange of money. So knowing where you are, in any in any um, piece of marketing collateral, like are you in the I'm just trying to peak curiosity with this 
with this. I'm trying to move somebody who's already curious from curious to enlightened to learning more, or I'm trying to take somebody who they've, they've interacted with us a, quite a bit as a, as a company and as a brand. Now I'm trying to move them into a commitment where they actually do business. Can be really helpful to know where you are um, in that sort of stages of relationship to know what the piece of marketing, collateral, email, social media posts, um, you know, copy on a website, what the job it's supposed to be doing um, can be really helpful if you know what stage of a relationship you're in. Exactly. And I would go a bit further with that particular um, example you know, for yard care because once you, you actually hire somebody, and I've experienced this, once you've actually hired someone and they're very clear what they do for your yard, you know, they come in, they weed eat, they do everything that they're supposed to be doing, but all of a sudden you decide that you want them to maybe take a look at your your flower beds and clean them out. Do mm-hmm. they know anybody who, who does tree trimming? Once those conversations start, it's also a good way for the, the vendor to say, hmm, we might be missing something here. Let's start looking into these other services. So there's a growth pattern for both there, I would say. Yeah, agreed, for sure. Okay, so, thank you. I like it when people agree with me. It makes me feel so adult. <laughs> so let's go to websites because, you know, I build websites in my sleep. Seriously, I dream in HTML. I'm not kidding. What are <laughs> It's embarrassing. What are five things that, in your opinion, every website should include to maximize for conversion? Because, let's face it, many websites don't have any, any conversion possibility at all. So where do they start and what should they have? Yeah, so I'm going to say these, Denise, and you're going to go, I know, because I do this all day, every day. Um, But so the first thing that every website built for conversion needs is when somebody lands on your site before they ever scroll, they need to be able to answer three questions and pretty immediately, like 10 seconds or less. And these are the three questions that you need to answer for them. What do you do? Like what is the product or service that you offer? They need to know what that is, at least high level, how you can make their life better. So they need to go, okay, there's some benefit for if I to work with this person or choose to purchase their product, like there is a success on the other side of this and you're kind of painting a picture of that. So how do you make their life better? And then how do they get it? Like what's the one next thing they need to do? And that one next thing they need to do needs to be styled as a button at the top right of your um of, of your uh, navigation, as well as you can add it again, like in the center of your kind of header of your of your website. Um, and that button needs to say, buy now, if somebody can buy on your website. But if you're, say, service-based and they need to schedule an appointment or request an appointment, those are all great um, calls to action. Really bad calls to action are learn more, because I don't know what you want me to learn more about. Um, so you need to- it's like, no, I, I'm out of school. Quit. <laughs> I get whiny yeah, when I yeah. do that. I really do. Yeah. So those are, the, those are the top three things. Like before anybody scrolls, so anybody listening to this, you can go to your website right now and go, is it really clear the products or service I offer? Do I state that in plain, clear language when, that somebody can easily see and read when they land on my site? Have I made it clear how I make their life better? And is, there, is it really clear how they can move forward in doing business with you, whether it's a buy now or schedule an appointment um, kind of scenario. So those are three. The other things you want to include on your website to optimize for conversion are um, include a plan for how to, like, how to move forward in doing business with you. And it needs to be only three steps uh, if you can, definitely no more than four. But all you're doing is trying to, even if it feels like it's really obvious, so going back to the lawn care example, um, it seems like it would be pretty obvious. Like, okay, I'm going to call them, tell them I need my yard cut. They're going to schedule a time. They're going to come cut my yard. Like, this is not rocket science, right? Um, but if you can very clearly communicate what are the next, like, high-level three steps you're going to take somebody through um, to – if they move forward in doing business with you, it just removes fog and helps people go, okay, I, like I can do that. I can go through those steps. 
Um, so including a, a plan of doing business together um, is a fantastic thing to add. Um, you also want to have testimonials. I mentioned that earlier. Um, that's another piece to add where um, let your customers talk for you. Like let them um, tell people how great you are. Um, and that, you know, provides, a, uh, lends authority to you, um, and it's social proof for people to see, oh, they've helped other people overcome this problem or solve for this, whatever it is you solve for um, your product or service, and, uh, you know, can, can uh, build in social proof for, for you. Um, so those are, those are five quick things. There are more things certainly we could dive into, but those are the five kind of easiest things anybody should be able to look at their website and uh, diagnostically go, do I have it? Do I not? How can I add those things in um, to increase the possibility for converting those browsers into buyers? And I'm going to go a bit further and say if you're not converting, why do you have a website? Unless it's just a brochure website, which is text speak for it doesn't do anything other than tell people where you are and how to contact you. Why do you have a website? What is it doing for you? What is it doing for the people that you're trying to reach? Your website is important. A lot of, there's been some talk over the last couple of years, I'm sure you heard this, oh, your website's not important. You know, there's social media and this, this, that, and the other. And you own none of that. You can use it. You Correct. can utilize Correct. it. You don't own it. And particularly with Facebook, you know, people are constantly being kicked out or, there's a lot going on right now. You own your website if you're using something like WordPress and you're, you're self-hosting. Figure these things out because if you lose your social media platforms, now what? Have people been That's able right. to That's find right. you? Do you have your newsletter set up? You know, I'm not saying look at the worst of times or look at the worst of things, but be aware that your website is really important to you, but it has to work. It has to work for you. It can't just sit there. That's right. Yeah, that, you're, you're spot on there, Denise. Um, well, and really, social media, the goal of social, your social media should be to engage people, but ultimately it should be able to get people over to your website. Like, how do you take your social media followers and people, you know, that audience there and how do you get them to your website and then on your website how are you capturing them and this goes back to our earlier conversation about having an email list is how can you capture the more people you can get from social media audience to email list you own the email list you don't own your social media audience because the, the rules change on those platforms all the time um, and so for the sake of sustainability and, um, you know, being able to count on getting in front of those eyeballs, if you can get them on an email list and you do that through your website, um, you're, you're, you're going to win, you know, more than just relying on social media followers. Both are important. It's just knowing the role that they play um, and making sure that you are, you're not just stopping with social media engagement and you're getting those people to a website, if your website's built to convert, of course you want to get everybody over there um, to, to come to your website and then from there capture them into an email list or, you know, immediately into a customer depending on your business model. Exactly. And one thing I've always said, and I will always say it because I firmly believe this, is own your own online real estate. That's your website. Yeah. That's your yeah. list. Everything else is it's great, and they're, but they're tools. You don't own them. Own your stuff. Don't rent it. Own them. Yeah. yeah. Wise words. Wise, Wise words. words. Wise words. Yep. Now I'm getting mean, but I really believe that. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier that you're a story brand certified guide. And I think you mentioned that, you, or I know this anyway, that you're a business made simple certified coach. What is StoryBrand and what is Simple Certified? What are those? Yeah, so StoryBrand, um, I mentioned earlier, is a, um, it's just a messaging framework or kind of a messaging filter you can use to make sure that your marketing message is really clear. Um, it was developed by a guy named Donald Miller. And um, the framework, you can actually just go buy the book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, and you can learn the framework and um, you can learn to apply 
apply it to your business. But I've been trained to um, implement that framework for businesses and so have, you know, undergone extensive training with that um, because there are uh, ways that people who, it's a very easy framework to understand, um, but implementing can be a bit harder and there's places that people get tripped up pretty, pretty regularly. And so I can help them um, navigate that and figure out how to use that framework um, to create a really clear brand message. Um, and then the Business Made Simple Certified Coach, um, actually that is also all under the same company, but there's a handful of other frameworks that I coach business owners through. Um, some of them are the, the messaging and marketing, but then there's some other things related to um, just how, how do you develop a clear mission and guiding principles for your business? How do you, um, how do you kind of set that underlying foundation for where you're going um, so you can be productive and you can be efficient in, in your growth because you're clear on where you're going and you have model to, to work around uh, to do that in a really, um, really powerful and effective way. Um, so there's a whole host of, of things there that I, I coach business owners through, but at core, it really is around how to build a, a, and grow a sustainable um, business. And there's a handful of frameworks that I coach folks there um, as it relates to that business made simple certification. Gotcha. I wondered what that was. I do am aware of StoryBrand, and I've written Donald Miller down about half a dozen times, so guess where I'm going when we're done. It's like, okay, I'm missing something here. I need to go find out who he is and what he does. Um, I hope that we're not, I hope I'm not scaring people here going, oh, God, I've got a website. I don't have it. I don't have this. I do have that. Oh, I've been doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. It can all be fixed everything that we're talking about can help you correct whatever issues you've got going on. So don't get worried, get busy. That's right. That's right. And it can be done methodically, Denise, right? It's not, it's not the kind of thing it's all going to change overnight, but if you, if you go, you know, maybe my marketing message, somebody's listening to this and they're going, Oh wow. My marketing message is so unclear. I, like, I don't even really know. Like when I, you pull up the, your social to, you know, type of social post or write an email to your email list or, you know, whatever the piece of collateral is and you go, I hate the, the blinking cursor blank screen. Um, you know, maybe you, maybe you need some help developing a clear marketing message and that's something um, there's, there's systems and processes and ways to do that that are not painful. <laughs> uh, like story using the story brain framework that can really get you on your way to methodically doing those things. And then you take it and you go, okay, well, now that I have a clear message, let's make sure to apply it to my website and to uh, my social posts and to, you know, all these other pieces. And you just, you know, little by little, you work through it. And um, as, as you do that, you should see continued growth um, in your business and more sales coming in because great marketing always gets a return on an, an investment. If you are spending money on any kind of marketing and you're not seeing a return on your, in your, in your, on your investment, then you need to reevaluate and go, why is this not working? Uh, let's, let's adjust and figure out, you know, if, if I, we should still be spending this and why it's, you know, what are the issues that need to be fixed to make sure that it is getting a return? Exactly. And that leads us back to the top of the, the podcast where I said why most marketing is a waste of money. I spend a lot of time visiting uh, Facebook groups. All right, I lied. I lurk. Mm -hmm. I'm lurking in some of these things. And, and again, my eyebrows go clean up to my hairline going, what? What are you people talking about? So if I'm thinking what you're saying here is that if you have hired someone who really doesn't know much about social media, who has not created a, a solid strategy with you and for you, you may want to revisit that hire. Yeah, that's right. And, and whether it's a contractor or somebody on your team, the question is, is do you have a real plan? Does, that, does your social media, social media comes up all the time in these conversations that I have just because it is the thing that people think of most. They equate it with, oh, social media, it's marketing. Well, social media is a form of media that you can use in the context of an overall marketing plan. Social media on its own is not marketing. And so if it's not 
if, if you're not using social media in the context of an overall plan where you go, I know why I'm showing up on social, I know what I'm trying to accomplish when I'm there, um, then it's, it's worth just kind of stop yourself in your tracks and go, okay, let's revisit this. Let's figure out what the overall um, plan is for this. A great book, um, if any of your listeners are going, okay, I really need help with marketing and clearly I, you know, have some headroom to grow. Um, the good news is, is like, well, I mean, we all have headroom to grow in all kinds of areas. And so it's just the, you know, now that you know where maybe you need to grow or, or what kind of problems you need to look at and address and get solved, it's just a matter of going and getting the right support or resources to do that. But a fantastic book is called The One-Page Marketing Plan by Alan Dibb, and um, it's just such a great high-level overview for understanding marketing and understanding, okay, what are the elements that I have to account for to have, um, have a great marketing plan? And so that's a great resource if, if anybody – listening just needs to sort of start from square one and feel like you you need to have a you want to have a good context for what does what does effective marketing look like that book's fantastic thank you i'm going to go grab that as well you know i and i really appreciate you sharing these these resources because that's what our audience is looking for you know they're saying okay i've got a lot to think about resources are perfect so really appreciate that in our yeah. we had we had a fascinating pre interview chat and you shared with me that you're a right and left brainer. I am as well. For a while I had to choose because my, my right brain got really messy and I was making just silly mistakes that were emotional based. So I moved out of my right brain and I moved into my left brain, which as it turned out was like a really clean attic. Nobody had been in there for a long time. And then I got over that. <laughs> I said, okay, I've got both. Let's go ahead and do both. But how does that – and I think more people are right and left brain, but they try to define one or the other. What do you find about, about that? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, rather, because I've never really thought about it in those terms. I I just know that in, in my world in life when I – I just have never – so, well, going back, I have an art degree, Denise, like every parent's dreams and their kid off to a private liberal <laughs> arts college and go get an art degree. Um, so that is my, like, university training was in visual art of all things. And so I never felt like I was weird enough to fit into the art department. Um, but I never felt like, you know, if you were to sit in, say, a business class or something like that, I was like, I, my creative sort of visual brain was always making these connections. And so I think where for me that has showed up is in the context of my work is um, I, I can think very methodically and linearly in terms of connecting things, but I can also pull in all of these other um, elements that uh, you really need for well-rounded, you know, talking marketing and branding. Um, you you need both the right words and the right strategy, but the visual part is important too. And so um, I, I kind of have this strange mix of being able to connect those dots in a way that, that not everybody can. Um, and it really makes me a translator into both worlds in some ways for, for my clients. And see, now you're speaking my language. When I was moving from right brain to left brain and I was just determined I was going to be a logical, linear thinker, which I am, but I just, I didn't stay there very long because it just felt so, I don't know, desolate. It, I was lonely in there. Then yeah. I decided to, you know, bring my right brain back in and at that moment, and I can't remember what that moment was, but all of a sudden I realized that you know, I have a scientific degree. I'm a computer science degree person. I'm, I am a nerd in stilettos. Remind me to tell you how that came about. <laughs> but it's true. You ought to see my closet. It looks like Nordstrom's just threw up in there. It's embarrassing. But at some point I realized that I was actually a creative. I had no idea. I had no, no clue at all. And from that moment, everything changed. Everything changed. How I do business, how I think, how I view myself. I was like, oh, 
there I am. Go, Denise. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I we could have a total tangent on this on this yeah. subject because it's so fascinating to me. Like, I'm curious. As a child, did you like? Did you enjoy art and like as a young child and felt like that got squelched somewhere along the way? No, or, no. But I am a voracious reader, and I was always okay. immersed and submerged in other people's words. And for me, if once a book has been made into a movie, unless it's Harry Potter, I'm not watching it because it's ruined. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I will read and read and read. I'll read until my my Kindle, my iPad hits me in the face because my arms are tired and I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I have popped my nose many, many times, but for me it was reading. Now, I'm not an artist. Yeah. I can't even draw a, you know, hangman stick figure without making him look like he needs to see a doctor right now. He's got scoliosis. So that's why I didn't think I was a creative at all. But once I figured that out, it was like, huh, I'll just be darned. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, as kids, I think we often, like, definition of creative is so narrow that we we just sort of assign it to, like, oh, well, if you can't, you know, like, draw or paint or make stuff, you know, uh, yeah. we sort of yeah. assign that as creative. And, you know, as you uh, – you know, mature into an adult, you realize, oh, wait, that's a very narrow definition and it's not particularly helpful. And when it broadens and you all of a sudden, I love this, you have this aha light bulb of like, oh, wait, I think I actually am a creative. I just, you know, maybe not the definition that you had thought all along. And that's exactly right. And, you know, I was a jeweler by trade. I can still tell when something's a millimeter off. And I can tell colors like nobody's business. And then I translated that into, you know, building websites. So at some point I must have known that I, in in many, many ways, was very creative. I just didn't know it. I didn't recognize it or I ignored it, which was even worse. Yeah, that, that's so interesting. Uh, it's, it's interesting the paths we all take to kind of get to where, you know, where we are. They're never straight lines. Is, at least no. I've got to meet someone who, who to take a straight line path. No, and, you know, with marketing, it's the same thing. You have to be able to be creative with marketing, not to where you're annoying people or you're just being way out of bounds with stuff, but you have to be creative enough to wonder and empathize with what people are looking for, what they need, how you can help them. So, you know, people who are left and right brains, I would think, are perfect for this kind of career path, if you would. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that a lot of the a lot of my colleagues that I meet in this marketing world um, are very similar in that uh, there is this sense of there has to be this kind of linear methodical piece to the puzzle, like, you know, uh, numbers and data and all these things are really important, especially when you're starting to go, okay, is this getting a return on investment? Like I mentioned earlier and the actual execution and figuring out how to make this work and how to stand out, especially in the context of every business is unique and you can follow best practice. You can follow, um, you know, look at what other people in similar industries have done successfully and you can, you can mimic some of that, but there, there's so much room to be really creative, even in the context of it, each individual business to go, how can I build on the, the foundational things that um, are tried and true while still um, trying some new things and taking a different approach or angle on it um, in a way that, that could get really cool results um, that you wouldn't get if you were just totally mimicking or mirroring what's another business in your um, in your industry does. Yeah, that never works well. You get called out on it, by the way. Don't do that. Don't copy yeah. other people. Yeah. You will get in trouble. At least I hope you will. Okay, before we've yeah. got about yeah. a minute and a half left, is there anything you want our audience to know before I let you go? Sure. So I'd love, uh, I mentioned several resources um, in our conversation, um, several books, as well as I have 
a, um, a couple of downloads that are free that your audience can get. Uh, one, of, one of them is uh, the, the five things your website needs to convert browsers to buyers. I have that um, all nice, neat in a PDF you can go grab if that's helpful, as well, as well as several book recommendations and other things. If they go to the, T-H-E, acornteam.com forward slash partner, um, I'll have those there for for your audience, they can go grab and um, be well on their way in their uh, journey to improving their marketing so it gets a return on investment. Excellent. Now, before again, before I let you go, where can people find you? Instagram? Uh, where, where do you like to be found the quickest? Yeah. Yeah, so my website, if you, uh, theacornteam.com, um, but on social, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me, and it's just my name, Erin Fultz, and Fultz is with an S on the end, um, is the best place to find me on social. And I'm also on uh, Instagram as well, not quite as much as LinkedIn, but um, my name as well, Erin Fultz, on Insta. Erin, thank you. It has been, I'm so glad we were able to make this today. I've been wanting to have this conversation with you because I think in so many ways we think a lot, we do business the same, and I would love for people to find you. If you need a story brand coach or guide, find Erin. Go find her because she does a phenomenal job. I've been following her for a while. I would recommend her. In fact, I am recommending her. So, Erin, thank you. It has been wonderful speaking with you today, and I really thank you for all of the terrific tips, advice, and resources that you shared with our audience. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes. Or honestly, you can't hit a stick. You can't throw a stick out on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. Just go look for us and take us along on your success journey. Erin, thank you. Thank you, Denise. A pleasure to be here and have this conversation. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.